Welcome and thank you for supporting the Patreon. Welcome to our monthly members-only secretive episode expansion pack. We're doing another one of those ranking episodes, if you haven't heard those before. We've done a couple of them now. Basically going to talk about our favorite things and how they rank amongst others. And this one's pretty important, I thought. I was like, hey, why don't we rank Nintendo systems? And this is Nintendo systems including handhelds as well, so... And I was like, originally I was thinking like we should just go like beginning to end, like chronological. But I was like, you know what? Maybe those ones at the beginning are ones that might be higher on our lists. So let's try to, let's not do those right at the beginning. Maybe that'll just blow our wad too soon. So I was like, I think it'd be more fun to do, let's just talk about the highest, the games, the systems that had the highest sales. So we'll start with the lowest selling systems and go to the highest. So we'll compare the world's popularity versus our own popularity here. Ah. Like how much how much we like it versus how much the world liked it. So we're going from lowest to highest, right? Yep. We said. Lowest sales yep. to highest sales. And I got them all written down. I didn't put it on the outline because I wanted to make it a little secretive in case you didn't know. Because there were some surprises in there for me that I was like, oh, I, that was a lot less that than I thought. That will be a surprise for me, yeah. So Just for clarification, we're also do, we're doing like base, the basic system, not like iteration, not like the NES top loader versus the NES regular or anything like that. That would be way too complicated. Even though yeah. for my list I did I did like separate Game Boy Color and Game Boy Regular just because I always yeah, felt I those too. were different to me, I guess, because that probably has the most different games. Like there's three DS and new three DS, but new three DS didn't have as many like specific new three DS games as like Game Boy Color did. That's why I thought they should be two different things. Even though I couldn't Great. find even though I couldn't find specific sales for them separated, everybody would have them together, but I just grouped them together as far as like how we cover the system. I mean, it's definitely a new system because there's hybrid cartridges, like to kind of be a stopgap between them. For sure. And well, and there's stuff that only runs on that. And it was very specific too, like the way the games were designed to let you know, like whether it could be played on regular Game Boy, Game Boy Color and all that. And that's how I went with it. And I I didn't really include Game & Watch because I didn't think, I don't know, for me, it's like if it's not a system that has games that you buy for it specifically, it's not really a, a system or a handheld no. or whatever. Unless unless any of you want to fight for Game & Watch to be like your number five or something like that, then fine. We'll put it in there. Specifically Game & Watch Ball. That's number one. <laughs> yeah. But I figured I figured I would, for me, it would just be towards the for end. For me, I have end, to play so. them on the original hardware because none of the emulation's been right. <laughs> I thought that those Game & Watch Game Boy games were pretty good, I thought. Um, but yeah, uh, we are your hosts. Uh, you don't have to have nicknames, but I, this was one that I made up for myself that I thought was funny. For maybe like the one person who's listening to this that's probably seen She-Hulk before. I was going to say, we are your hosts. I'm Trey. The NES is not where you think it is, Johnson. I'm Jeremy. John. There you go. That's what I thought. That's good. So yeah, um, like I said, I made a list. I made a secret list of all of the different systems, where they are as far as sales go. So that's how we will start. I have it down as uh, as 13, 13 systems, and that's separating the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance. Uh, or no, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, and of course the Game Boy Advance would be separate from all of those. And But I'm not doing like Nintendo 3DS, new Nintendo 3DS, or like DSi, DS, DSi, or like Top Load or any of that stuff. Plus it'd be hard to find all of the, I don't think anybody really has all the I separate sales for those. almost argue for SP to be separated, but... That was just a huge game changer, but it was only a quality. It was, but it was the still, the, I mean, but it's still same, the same system. It was the exact same hardware, yeah. yeah. I want to explain a little bit my sort of guidelines. I was like, I was having a hard time doing it just by gut, by like, you know, which one, what I just feel, which one is better. So I said, I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit and think about it more methodically. So I came up with, this is just for me, 
by the way. I came up with um, different sort of measurements to take into <laughs> account. Uh, four different measurements. I said, uh, does the system have games that I would still play today? Was the system an, innovat- an innovator? Um, is it backwards compatible? And then finally, how long, how many years was it active according to Wikipedia? Okay. Uh, how many years was it active, right? I did all those things and like, you know, as far as the library of games, what I, what I play today, I kind of rated it like one to five. Uh, innovation, I rated it one to five. Backwards compatible, I gave it a plus two bonus for being backwards compatible. And then uh, active years, I just count the number of years because I think that, you know, the longer it was popular, you know, obviously that 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 deserves some weight to it too. So sure. I added up all those numbers and that's how I came to my my list, which when I came up with the list, I was like, yeah, that's pretty spot on. I made a few adjustments here and there, went back, but it was really spot on. You know, it, it, made, it put me in tune with my gut. So just doing it that way. Sure. That's how I did it. Uh, I mean, there, some of those things that you mentioned, I took into consideration as well. Definitely backwards compatibility. That was a big part of it that I was thinking about. But for me, it was kind of like kind of how I do most of these lists. Uh, you know, Desert Island, like what's what, what are the systems that I still play on a regular basis? Like, what are the ones that I actually like, if I could only take a certain amount with me somewhere, like which would be the ones that are the most important to me, like that type of thing. It's, it's kind of what I was going for. Like, and then, yeah, specifically ones that I still play. Like, there are ones that I have hooked up that I don't play as much. So it was just kind of like, you know, like, what are you, like, what is, like, what are your top five? Like, what are the ones you would take with you if you could only take five with you somewhere? And you, that's all you could play for for whatever time, you know? That's kind of, that's kind of what I was going for on it. So that's where I, where I got there. Yeah. And I, uh, considering all of your, I, I, I was easy, it was easier for me to go by my gut because I feel like this, is just baked into who I am. Like my obsession with all these consoles is as long as I can remember. And basically as soon as any of them were announced in the span of time that I've been alive when they were announced. So um, it was easy to go by my gut and kind of also, I guess similar to what y- y'all are saying about what I still play it today, but also like how much did I play it then? Where did I jump in? And as far as the relevancy of its life cycle, what percentage of that life cycle? Was I like into that system and stuff? So a little bit, a little bit of head stuff there that maybe kind of confused me, but ultimately my gut, I trust it. Also, I I, uh, I took the amount of time that I've spent on the NSO with these systems. Kind of spoilers there, but if you well, look at, if you look at the time that I've spent on the versions of these things that are on NSO, they're exactly the right of right amount of time that they would be as how they are in my favorites. So. You can. It's the the writing's on the wall. Is what I'm saying. It's already there. It's 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 already in the Nintendo. Nintendo knows about it already. So if you're friends with Trey, just you don't even have to listen to this episode. Just check his history. <laughs> well, well, not not all the systems are on there, but there's three of them that are on there that you would be For able sure. to tell where they are due to the time that I've spent on the Nintendo Switch Online with them. So there you go. But without further ado, why don't we get started here with everyone's number one on their list? I'm sure the lowest selling of all the Nintendo handheld systems, whatever the virtual boy, not surprised coming in face held system coming in at a 700,000 sales, which is actually a lot more than I thought. Same. I guess they sent out from what I was reading, they sent out like what three, 300,000, something like that. And they, and those were sold out and they did actually do another run of it. But yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, we all know the story there. It, it came out and then it, uh, we all own one, right? We do. Yeah. We, we all have one. Mine's, mine's broken, yeah. Mine's broken. 
But both of mine are broken. I think all of ours are broken. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was really fun. I mean, Virtual Boy like has a lot of a tie-in with Jeremy because the first time I ever played one was playing yours because you had one. So, but it still worked. But well, yeah. Well, and my mine worked for a good for a f- good few years. And whenever I tried to play it again, you know, like we talked about it before, but like the, you know, the the two eyepieces not working, so the 3D didn't work, and it was really sad actually because I think it's a cool novelty in itself of what it is, you know. And I wasn't able to, I also, in my notes, I put down what the highest selling game of every system was as well. And uh, like my favorites, and you know, I'm sure you put your favorites in there as well. Um, This one, I couldn't specifically find like what the highest selling game of of, uh, Virtual Boy was. But I think my personal favorite one is probably Galactic Pinball, because I think that's the one I played the most, like when Jeremy first introduced me to the system or allowed me to play his version of it. That was probably the one that I just was like really having a lot of fun. Well, it has like has different things to you know different modes and different tables you can play, and it was it's the one I spent the most time with, I guess, because it didn't get you know you you didn't get bored with it too too soon. And I, and I guess I think I hadn't played WarioWare or I hadn't played the Wario Land one, which is probably the best game. On it's the, the system. best objectively, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that pinball is super duper addictive. Back when so, I was playing it, because there wasn't any good pinball nearby. So I had to play a virtual. And anyway, box was cool too. It was basically just yeah, a punch out so robots. hard though. It was real difficult. Yeah, I really wanted to like it because of the similarities to Punch Out, but it it is really it's much more difficult than the Punch Out games. So I had a hard time getting into it, unfortunately. Controls are fairly intuitive though. I do like how they made the two D pads into the punch yeah. and kind of imply the direction with the the where it's laid out and all that crap. I felt like it was a little a little too complicated at the time for me. It was like. It wasn't as, you know, like punch out, you got like two buttons, you got leg, like left and right and dodge, you know, it's like real, just throws you right into it, you know, and you're like, okay, I, I know what's happening here, you know, but I was surprised because when I was, when I kind of broke it down and was considering the virtual boy library, you know, I've probably played, I think I played five of the games out of the 13 that are available and, and the others that you know, I've, I've seen online and heard impressions of and looking at the 13 games, actually, like around half of them are, are pretty good actually you know it's a you know it's a small it's a small library so you know you know the batting average uh they're um, maybe not all that impressive considering that but about 50 percent of the games are so actually pretty good so the virtual virtual boy maybe doesn't deserve all the bad rep that that it gets even though it was a failure i think it deserves sure. bad rep for not <laughs> surviving and being playable still and the fact that they haven't done anything to port those games yeah, is a huge disappointment. So I think the Virtual Boy has been kind of just sitting at a, a garbage heap in the back of Nintendo. Especially, like, I mean, they, I mean, they do. Ref- I mean, they like to reference it. Like you see it in the background of WarioWare games and stuff like that, or mm-hmm. you know, various other games. Didn't you think they would put out a Virtual Boy collection or something for 3DS? I mean, that was. That was I mean, the as soon as the 3DS there. was announced, that's what people were like. Oh, bring Virtual Boy! To I forget who it was. There was a company who actually wanted to do like a new enhanced version of of Wario Land on 3DS. And Nintendo was just like, nope, not doing it. And I forget which company it was. It was like an indie company. It was like, hey, let us do this. We'll make it all color. We'll make it 3D on 3DS. It'll be really cool. Like, we'll do it. And they were just like, nope, no dice. I wish I could remember who it was. But yeah, it was. I read an interview with them saying that that was something they tried to push. And Nintendo was just like, no, I had no interest in, in, in uh, putting any of their 3DS, any of their Virtual Boy stuff out, which is unfortunate because, yeah, these games have to live and die, especially die on the on the Virtual Boy. So yeah, the dedicated hardware is not good. Um, I like to tell the story, and I've probably said it on the podcast, but 
fuck yeah, I'll say it again. First major eBay purchase. It would have been the year 2000. I bought it for $30. And uh, the guy was late getting it to me. Like it, it took like a couple of weeks to get it. And the person felt bad. And they like emailed me or they messaged me on eBay and was like, hey, really sorry. Had some stuff go down. I'm going to include some extra stuff. And when I got it, it had, he had added um, Nestor's Funky Bowling, which was a, a rare game, which is actually worth, even at the time, was worth more than 30 bucks, like on its own. So it was pretty cool that I just randomly got that too. So definitely one of my last big value scores that I can remember. It was 22 years ago. When when I was I was doing a I was doing a job in Wisconsin. I was working on a movie, and I went to a I went to a used video game place there, and I bought a Virtual Boy for forty dollars with four games. And I thought that yeah, was a pretty I thought that standard. was a pretty good thing. You know, I was like, that's awesome, forty bucks with four games. Yeah. So that was my experience with with buying Virtual Boy. And I thought it was a good deal. This was probably like, I don't know, 2006 or seven or something like that when, when I got it. I was out of school like, and I, and I was working on a job. For the year, that was. Actually, you know what? Deal. It was 2008 because it was, it was when, uh, it was because it was the time of my 10-year high school reunion was happening at the time. And I was working on a job and I didn't, I mean, why I, I didn't give a shit about going back there. But people were like texting me about it at the time. And I was like, I'm working on a movie. I, I can't do it. So it was 2008. Nice, but uh, when let's uh, where's where's there, where's this fall on your list, everybody for a uh, virtual boy? I can go first. Uh, this is at the end. This is number thirteen for me. <laughs> me, the bottom. It's so, twelve. Okay, so it's not at the, so it's not at the bottom. It's for not you. at the very bottom. So so for anybody who doesn't know, basically the way that we do this is uh, you know, it's basically going to go opposite of what number it is. So number thirteen will have number one, and number twelve will have two points. And so on and so forth, and we'll add them all up at the end, and that'll be our and seven will be worth seven. That'll be our ranking. So, so yeah. So my I have thirteen. So this one point for me for Virtual Boy thirteen. Uh, uh, John is on the same level with me. So that's two points from. So me. that's two points from Jeremy and one point from John. So the Virtual Boy now has four points. Hooray, Virtual Boy! That's, so now it's four dimensional. That's probably right? more than you've ever gotten in life. <laughs> all right, we can move on from that one. Unless you, anybody wants to say anything Virtual else about Boy got Virtual Boy, picked first for a team, yeah, or mentioned first for. <laughs> got to start. I was like, well, we got to start with the start with the less the ones that we're not that people do not like as much. I'm sure you definitely know what the next one is. Number two, the Wii U coming in with 13.56 million in sales. I mean, it's quite a bit of it's quite a bit higher than the Virtual Boy. It's still relatively easy to find, so get get one if you don't have one. I think it's worth owning. Yep. Um, but yeah, I would say there was much more of a gaming based install base, especially with the Wii being as popular as it was. Wii U had enough of a of a, of a 
foothold that it should have done a lot better than it did. So those numbers are actually very, very low. If if they um maybe if they would have like named it something less confusing as Wii U, maybe just called it like Wii Two or something. How many of them were returned? Like, I wonder what percentage we were returned. Because I think a lot of people were really confused. Because I remember when it was announced, a lot of people that th- thought that the Wii U was the controller, and the, con- the controller was, uh, and it was like part of the Wii, and you would just buy a controller and you would use it on your Wii. Like, people were really confused as to what the system was. They didn't was show the console itself until very close to release, if I remember correctly. And when they finally did, it was just like, oh, that looks like the Wii. So probably a lot of people saw it and were like, that is the Wii. So they weren't completely sure of what the fuck was going on. And and a lot of these are pretty easy to guess, like what the highest selling game is of each system. But Wii U, of course, the highest selling game is Mario Kart 8, the original Mario Kart 8 before yep. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But I mean, Mario Kart 8 was an incredible game. Like I was really impressed by that when still it came is. out. Like it was, yeah, yes, it still is on Switch. But I mean, it was like it was like the Wii U is great, and I, and I, you know, I the Wii U, I like the Wii U a lot, even though it didn't do as well as it should have. There's still plenty of games that are great on there i mean we see them all getting re-released on switch now but even ones you know of course like for me big one xenoblade chronicles x lives forever on the wii u you know xenoblade chronicles x tokyo mirage sessions uh hashtag fe devil's third uh ds virtual console games which you'll never see that again uh mario 3d world Donkey kong tropical freeze mario maker one breath of the wild like lots of lots of great games on the 3d on the Nintendo Wii U, not to yeah. mention a shit ton of virtual console stuff that more than we've seen on the Switch. Like the Switch doesn't have as many as Wii U had. No, it's far more diverse. Like you really could could treat the Wii U damn near as like the everything system um, with emulation. I'm sure you could because the, the ability to do 3DS is just not going to work anywhere else. At least not as novelly as it does on the Wii U. Well, I mean, not 3DS, just regular DS. I meant but DS, still. Yeah. But I mean, it was still like the fact that DS on there just blew was on there just blew my mind. Like I was like, that's so cool. Like I still feel like if they would have re-released the Wii U and they would have put a little slot at the bottom where you could put DS games in there and you could play them all on your TV, like everyone that you own, they would have done so much better. If they would have like given it like a Game Boy Player right out the gate, they would they mm. would they would have killed it before the 3DS came out. So there's still people were still just playing the DS before that. But yeah, it was. I thought it would have been great. Oh wait, no, the 3DS did come out. No, I think 3DS was already it. out. I thought 3DS yeah, was, came out yeah. before the Wii U. It did. It was 2011. Where's uh Where's everybody got their Wii U at? My uh, let's see. Where's my list at? Well, let me say on the Wii U, one thing that I really strongly gravitate to it as a putting it a number on my list was how it brought me back to nintendo not that i had drifted that far away but i just there just didn't seem to be much going on which there wasn't but the wii u kind of made it exciting again to come check out i mean i guess i had played the 3ds but i don't think i owned it or if i did i had just anyway for whatever reason it was hanging out with trey and playing his wii, wii u ultimately i don't think yeah. you had the 3ds yet maybe not i don't know but it brought me back in, in, a, in a big way and probably is single-handedly the reason why I'm doing a podcast now, like I feel. We did, yeah, yeah don't forget that the Nintendo main did start with the Wii U, so it, did. it was uh, that was the thing that was out when we first began this podcast in, what, 2017 or something? 2014. Was it? Oh, yeah, it was even before that. It was that, 2015, wasn't it? Was it? No, I th- no, I thought it was, according to uh, what I put on every... Uh, episode i say that we're in season seven right now so maybe so it that was means that it means that it's been out for seven years 
one of the first things it was we 20, talked it was about, the end of 2015 when it happened because one of the yeah. first things we talked about was ps4 and xbox one and they'd been out for a year yeah that. well i i remember it was the end of 2015 because uh because mm. personal note but my, my dad died in 2015 and in our second episode when we were all drunk i get all like emotional about that in that yeah. episode so you'll find that right there in episode two yeah so that's how i remember it 2015 which is like yeah it just was just became like the seven year so we use a special system of, of that but event, a, but yeah but I foresee it being similar to the Virtual Boy and the it, it being having a lot of elements that could fail because you have to have that controller. They still, as far as I know, I don't think anyone's modded the thing where you, you can play it without the controller. Um, you can find the console without the controller super cheap, but it just it's not going to work. You can't. Well, I mean, the, I mean, there's a lot of games you can play with the Pro Controller without without that specific Wii U controller. But you have to have the Pro you have to have the control pad to set up the Wii U initially to use it. Oh. Um, also, I guess as far as internet goes, but I don't think that works anymore. I think the there. storage solution to expand your memory was kind of shitty on the Wii U. Like, I wish you could have just thrown some SD cards in there like you could with the Wii. I mean, you can. Uh, instead, well, well no, no. Instead, you no, had you to use flash drives. Drive, right? Yeah. Or you can hook up an actual yeah, SSD. But I mean, um, you, can, you can use flat. Well, you can use regular SD cards because I did actually use. I used the same SD card I was using for my Wii on my Wii U. Like, not the micros, but the regular ones. If I remember correctly, use. the only way I was ever able to actually expand my memory was when I bought a flash drive that's USB. And there wasn't a way to actually use the uh, SD card to store Wii U games. Yeah, I think you can, maybe you can only use it for uh, for the Wii backwards compatibility. Because the Wii used SD cards to expand your virtual console, like you'd play off of it. And that's what I did. So I think that's the only way I would use that. But you could use you could buy really tiny USB like sixty meg or sixty gig right. ones that you could put in there. Which is what I did, and I'm scared that it's gonna fail. I need to do something to back it up. I do have a I have like a terabyte drive that's like just like strapped to my Wii U that has that has all my stuff. I think on I it. need to do that. I think I need to do that. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, it was pretty cheap. It was a terabyte, or it was a little bit less, and it might have been like eight hundred gigs or something like that. But I got. I, I definitely think I got it's one worth to mentioning. Stick to it. The Wii U definitely is a product of its time and is like a weird missing link kind of thing in the future that you would find this like it's just like almost already a forgotten part of the history, even though it was just the last console. Yeah, actually I didn't get it during its its lifespan. I only got mine two years ago. And it was um basically the the impetus for that was just kind of looking around, surveying the landscape and realizing that all right you know historically uh you got you know a, a, a very small window after after the system sunsets where you can get it cheap yeah and i felt like it was just about to turn a corner where the thing was going to be too expensive again and uh i think i was right like i i paid 225 for mine and that was like two years ago and i believe they're just going up right now um you know i went back to my GameStop. i said on the main show you know two or three weeks ago and GameStop no longer carries uh, my my local GameStop anyway. No longer carries Wii U games or or, or Wii. They did a handful of Wii games as well, but they just closed the whole Wii Wii U section. And so I think uh, I think I got it at the right time. I'm glad I picked it up when I did. You definitely did. I think so. And you kind of threw us for a loop because you told us all that you had a that you had a Switch that didn't work outside, and when we all thought it yeah. was a nobody knew. Like we yeah, kinda kinda knew, knew what you were getting at there. 
Yeah, I think another thing, I mean, speaking of like, you know, backwards compatibility, it had, it worked with Wii games, but it was really cool that they had Wii games as virtual console games. Like, I thought that was another really cool thing with the Wii U. And and don't, and don't forget, uh, you know, your, your Splatoon fans here, Splatoon 1 originated on the Wii U. So if we didn't only ha- existed on the Wii U. If we didn't have the Wii U, we would have not had Splatoon. So Splatoon was birthed on the Wii U. And a and lot of the, the wild, of course. And a lot of these great games that we got from the Switch out of the gate were we were we U games like that's how we got so many right off the bat were just ones that they just pushed to the next system that's why we had like so many great games like right at the beginning of the switch because they were all Wii U games that were being developed specifically for that so so where does it stand for everybody uh it's uh, <laughs> I have it at number seven for me it might be the highest one of all of you but I have Wii U at number seven because that's higher than mine I do like my Wii U I still have it hooked up and I still. It's there's still games on there that I think are important, even though they've been ported to Switch. I think there's a lot of incredible games on there. So mine is at ten, eleven. Okay, so so you said earlier seven is seven, right? I'm gonna take yes. your word for that. All right, so we got seven points for me for the Wii U. You have it at one person said ten, right? That was me. Okay, so, so that's four. So that's four. That's four points. And you said eleven, John. Correct. Yep. So that's three points. So we have Wii U sitting at 14 points right now. That's more than the Virtual Boy by far. Yeah, <laughs> that's a 10 more is what it is. So uh, we can move. If any, if you don't have anything else to say about Wii U, we can move on from there. Move on from Wii U to uh, one of my favorites. I was actually kind of sad that it was so low. This one, the next one is the Nintendo GameCube. Coming in at, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't, doesn't, have a great, doesn't have a great amount here. Coming in at 21.75 million units sold. The wow. Nintendo GameCube from 2001. But is that including the Panasonic Q sales? It's my, it's my baby. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, honestly, like, a lot of the original consoles, like, the first, like, four consoles or whatever, like, really surprised me by the low amount of sales they got, to tell you the truth. Like, I was very surprised. Like, I didn't think they were as low as they were. These are worldwide sales, just to... These are worldwide Fair sales, yeah. These are what I found them on Wikipedia. That's where I was looking. Uh, the, the number one highest selling game for uh, for the GameCube, Super Smash Brothers, Smash. Super Smash yes, Brothers Melee, of yep. course, came out right out the gate. So obviously, yeah, that was a launch window game. This my, I have like a paragraph here of games that I loved on the on the GameCube because you'll find out soon. GameCube is one of my favorite Nintendo systems of all time. Uh, Metroid Prime, Skies of Arcadia, Eternal Darkness, Resident Evil 4, Beautiful Joe, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Super Mario Sunshine, Battalion Wars, Pikmin 1 and 2, Mario Kart Double Dash, F-Zero GX, Super Monkey Ball 1 and 2, Wave Race Blue Storm, 1080 Avalanche, Paper Mario 1000 Year Door, Botan Kaidos 1 and 2, uh, Tales of Symphonia, Fire Emblem, Path of Radiance, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, Donkey Kong 1 and 2, Mario Party 4 through 7, WarioWare, and Capcom vs. SNK2, 
just to name a few. You said Resident Evil 4, right? I did, yes. Okay. Not to mention the remake of Resident Evil 1 as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just yep. like, that's just saying some of them. The GameCube is great. There's a lot of amazing games in there. Cubivore. Oh, wait, I never played that. Well, yeah, well, Cubivore is incredibly expensive, but I would love to, I would love to play it. But yeah, Chibi there's... Robo. Uh, Chibi, yeah, Chibi Robo, Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk 3, was it Tony Hawk 3, 4, 5, 6? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them on there. What was great about the GameCube is it was the last system where Nintendo was actually competitive as far as graphics go with the other systems. Before the Wii, it was Nintendo's last third-party system, like fully third-party system, you know, where everything that was made, for the most part, a lot of the games that were made on other systems were made on that as well. And uh, I love the GameCube. Not to mention, I didn't even mention it, but the GameCube had the Game Boy Player. Yep. The Game Boy Player played all of the Game Boy games at the time. Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Regular. And that was just like mind-blowing for me. Like this, like That was the ultimate in backwards compatibility. It's like every portable Nintendo game ever you could play on a TV through your GameCube. And not to mention like the Game Boy Advance hookup. Oh, and fucking Animal Crossing first animal crossing ever released in america was a gamecube game like that game blew my mind too like yeah i will i will stand forever for the gamecube like that that is uh that's a system that i play uh, that i still play i mean i just played wave race blue storm on there like last week so i mean it's uh it's it's definitely gets a lot of use out of me there i remember it very fondly as my college system you know this i have great memories of the college years and and uh, you know, nostalgia for that alone, and wrapped up into that for me is the is the GameCube, and that 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 played into my thinking as well. I like that it was you know at the at the time for me kind of similar to the to the Wii U in that it brought me back to the fold, and you know I that's the first time I ever bought a system like so close to when it came out. Um, yeah, we have I mean we have our our adventure of trying to find yeah one. we had like yeah. an adventure over it and everything. And just playing Tony Hawk 3, like, without a doubt, that was my jam for so long when I first played that. Um, yeah, the, the GameCube is just a magical little system. Luigi's, also, the Luigi's only Mansion, system that's ever... Luigi's that's Mansion like, 2, uh, Rogue Squadron. I can't believe I didn't yeah. remember that. That one, like, blew my mind, too. It looks so fucking good when it came out. I was like, holy shit. And it had scenes from the, from the movies playing in the background in the menus. I was like, fuck yeah. Right. We're, we finally have discs on Nintendo. Like, that was a big... It was it was a it was a victory for me for playing the sixty four for so long to finally just get to see like full motion video just all over the place in Nintendo games. It was damn near a, mm-hmm. a, a portable hybrid too. Like Nintendo was pretty close to releasing like an add on. Well, I guess it wouldn't have been. I guess no. I'm thinking of like those screens you could get for it. But Nintendo did want to put like a oh yeah, I mean yeah, a they did have the, filter yeah, the to portable three like, D stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what? yeah, you could also, it had a handle, and uh, if you got one of those screens, <laughs> true. it was truly yeah. like, um, I do want to say, of all the consoles, this is the one that's physically hurt me the worst. I dropped my GameCube on my toe probably like six or seven years ago, oh, and no. broke one of my toes. Ouch. Well, I, I didn't like, think it was that heavy. Obviously, I didn't go like get it treated or anything, but my toe was super tingly and weird, so at the very least, it was really badly bruised, but. The toe was all like crooked afterwards. It never really looked the same. So I feel like I'm, that GameCube, like it, it just fell right onto my fucking toe with the little. Did it make it. the GameCube startup noise as it dropped onto your toe? Crunch. Yeah, and that's still, and you know, you still hear that. You see that in memes and and gifs, or I mean, that's that's like the startup for the Nintendo voice chat. Is the which I like that because 
I love that. And 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 I'm sure like you know, but if you hold the Z button while it starts, it plays this other weird version with kids laughing. Did you ever hear that? Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It's, it has like this own little creepy secret in there, and or like you can hold A and it'll spin around, and you can see the, you can see like the menu, the uh, the the memory packs and all that stuff, and yeah, and it's probably it's it's probably the system I bought the most of, I guess, because I had a, I had one that broke, I had one that I accidentally gave away in a in like a in a breakup, and I've probably bought like three or four GameCubes in my time, you know, mm-hmm. there was that GameCube I bought for Jess that. We've, yeah. we found it that uh that was really at, good at that junk too. store for like eight dollars it was insane like how cheap it was like with no cables but, and it yeah. came with a game yeah or like i bought i bought a gamecube for my niece uh with uh with paper mario thousand year door in it for like 40 bucks which i could not believe how cheap that was oh. like with all the cables and a controller and all that shit i bought that for her when she went to college because i was like hey uh here's the system that i played and played in college like john was saying uh i want to buy you a gamecube because you're going to college it's a fun thing to do and you know how long ago was that i don't know it's a while ago it's probably like it was within the four or five years podcast. ago yeah, i guess early yeah. on. so yeah that's 40 dollars. that's great price at that time even i was surprised i found it for as cheap as i did like really with with thousand year door in it was a huge thing because that game was is normally sells for like 660 bucks like by itself so you know mm-hmm. yeah that was huge but yeah game all right let's rank that gamecube gamecube's my baby uh i'll go first because mine's probably the highest uh I'm sure not going to surprise anybody. Number three for me. Number three for the GameCube. I'm not too far from you. Number four. Okay. Number nine. <laughs> mm, okay. So that's five points from John. All right. So five. So nine. All right. So we got. So nine is five. Just help me with. I know it's our system, but I have to try to figure it out. Four is 10 and three is 11. Okay. So we got 10 and 11. So that that is definitely the highest scoring system that we have so far. That's uh, twenty six points for the Nintendo GameCube, right off the bat. So I mean, I, I I'm sure both of you knew it was going to be high for me. Like it's I've mentioned yeah. many a times how much I love the game. I knew it was going to be high for me. So and it's uh yeah. I mean, you could probably you probably know what two and one is now, but don't tell anybody. No spoilers. But yeah, no GameCube hundred. Yeah, this is one. That's definitely my Desert Island system. I would I love my GameCube. I still play it all the time. It's great. Some of the, and, and I really, I you know, I talk. I've talked many times about how much I want these games to be re-released, especially like F Zero GX. Is I think is still one of the best games ever made. And uh, yeah, GameCube is one of those games that you can play. I can play it any time, and it doesn't bother me. Like I think it's. I think everything still holds up. I think it still looks great. Yeah. You know, you can play it. If you play it. You can play it on a Wii, and it has, and you can do it on like uh, the four four eighty P, and it'll look look HD ish. How great know? the controller is! Like it's a really really nice feeling. Controller. And the controller has continued so to release it. The controller yeah, has lived day. on, has continued to live through. I don't know how many systems since then. It's it, people still swear by the GameCube controller for Smash Brothers. Smash and Brothers. I don't think we even mentioned also want to play it on that. But the Virtual Boys kind of influence on controllers, whether or not it was. A system yep. that really stood this test of time. Those like the way that controller is shaped is very evident, like the Dual Shock and in the GameCube controller. I would say for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I'm sure at some point we'll do our own like GameCube game ranking episode or something. But I could talk, you know, I could talk forever about GameCube. We did do Jeremy and I. We did do a GameCube episode way back when, and I thought we should return to that at some point on one of these expansion packs and do like a definitive best of game and yeah just talk more about gamecube because i think the gamecube is great like i said for 
for playing 64 for however long and just like drooling over like what the PlayStation 2 people had with like the CD-ROM stuff. And then we finally got like the mini whatever, the mini DVDs for for GameCube. I was like, I felt like we had finally gotten to where we needed to. Like we got RPGs now back on Nintendo. And then we got like, speaking of like, you know, fighting games like Capcom versus SNK2, which is one of my favorite fighting games like that. You fighting games were pretty, they were nowhere on 64, like especially from like Capcom and Street Fighter and all that. And just that they had brought, they brought it back on there. I was like so happy about it. Not to mention, you know, there's other ones like Star Fox Adventures and whatever else. And there was a WarioWare game on there that was really, really good. That's why I included it on there. But yeah, GameCube, love it. Uh, the next one on the list uh, is uh, Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64 coming in at 32.93 million units sold. So the highest, I mean, this one's pretty easy. And the Nintendo 64 was the first one where Nintendo stopped including games with the systems, right? Yeah. Right. Am I correct? So I was, because like a lot of these are like, all right, well, this is the highest selling one because it came with the system, like obviously. But this one is still like the one you would expect. The number one highest selling game for Nintendo 64 is, of course, Super Mario 64, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Probably a damn near one to one install base. Obviously. I mean, I would bet. well, there were only two games that came out for the Nintendo 64 on the day sure. that it launched, and that was Pilot Wing 64 and Super Mario 64. So, and I love both of those games very dearly. So, I mean, and and Pilot Wing 64, I really I had never played Pilot Wings on Super Nintendo. I'm sure I said this before, but the only reason that I bought it was because there was no other games available at the time, and I just kind of bought it on a whim, and I ended up loving it so much, and then I ended up going back and playing the Super Nintendo one later. But I still love the the 64 one better than the Super Nintendo one, just because I spent so much time, so much more time with it. But yeah, 64 obviously means a more means a ton of means a lot to me as well. I mean. We, we talk about it a lot because of the Nintendo Switch Online and all the stuff on there from that. But uh, I just kind of on my list, I put, you know, uh, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Paper Mario, Doom 64, GoldenEye, Pilot Wings, Blast Corps, Harvest Moon, Mischief Makers, Wave Race, uh, Pokemon Puzzle League, Mario Party. The origin of Mario Party was in uh, Nintendo 64. Uh, Perfect Dark. Like, there, were, there was a ton of, like, really good first-person shooters on 64. Like, I think that people forget, like, Quake 1 and 2 were on there. Like, Hexen was on there, even. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, multiple Bond games, not even just GoldenEye. There was every, uh, was it, like, every uh, Everything or Nothing, right? Or it was, whatever movie it was after, I th- actually, I think Everything or Nothing was on GameCube. World is Not Enough. World is Not Enough, that's the one, yeah. That one was good, oh, yeah. too. But, that yeah, there was another Bond game that was on there. Um, Turok, don't forget, Turok 1, 2, and 3, and Rage Wars. Like, all, a bunch of really great first-person shooters on the 64. Sure. Well, you had the, you know, the early to mid-90s when, when the first-person shooter came around. And, uh, you know, our, the consoles at the time weren't really equipped for, you know, the, the 
Genesis or the Super Nintendo, even though attempts were made. But finally, it was like, oh, with the advancement of the graphics, we can actually do this first person and the controller uh, shooting and the, and the controller. And it's funny because, um, yeah, because the controller was like single, well, single analog, but at the time, but it was, but Goldeneye and Perfect Dark were so ahead of the thing because they actually, mm-hmm. there was an option where you could play dual analog with two controllers before that had even existed. I don't know if either of you ever tried that oh, out. Oh, I never but, tried that. Use a first player and second player controller, two sticks. Yeah, Golden, GoldenEye uh, and Perfect Dark had a controller option where you could use two controllers and wow. do dual analog before dual analog even existed. Wow, so in case yeah. that N64 <laughs> controller did not look ridiculous enough for you. Yeah, no, we, to- we, we totally time. played it. My, my friends and I, we played the two, the two controllers. I feel like the button access would be a lot harder. It is. It is definitely, especially if you're playing Perfect Dark, because there's a lot of shit you have to do with mm-hmm. A and B. And I, well, when I was on uh, uh, games, my mom found uh, with Mike, uh, I did play it with the two controllers just to do it for the show. And it was really difficult because you have to do so much other shit other than just the analog. So it was really hard. But I wanted to try it just to just because I knew it was there. And I wanted to try it again, like the dual analog with the two controllers. So, I wonder if that'll still work when they release it on NSO. I, I hope so. Things. I mean, it should. Cool. Be, I mean, I'd be upset if it didn't. Like, really, it should be, it should be on there. Well, then 64, um, I, I mentioned that one of, my, one of my measures was innovation. And on that, I scored it a 5 out of 5 for innovation. Because I think there's so many, that, so many things that it brought uh, into modern gaming that, that still exist today. You have basically perfecting, uh, not perfecting, but... but, but Pioneers. Really, of, pi- the three, yeah, of the pioneering 3D world. 3, yeah. 3D world and, and doing it doing it right on a console. Yeah. Um, that, that was then 64. You had the, the analog stick itself. That was then 64. You had four four controller ports. That was the N64. Uh, these are all the sound was really really stables. good. Yeah, the sound was great. the The sound quality was great. But we had uh, the the Rumble Pack. Rumble was Rumble yeah, yeah. on N sixty four. True, it is such a, a a foundation for modern gaming as we know it today. So, I wish they had done more stuff right. with it, but the Pokemon Stadium link in the controller pack was pretty cool. Oh yeah, that play. was super cool. You could play mm-hmm. through the whole Pokemon game on your TV. Finally. I mean, well, I mean, it had its own like Super Game Boy of of sorts, I guess. You know, through that because because you could actually but play only the, that you game. could could play the game. Yeah, you could play that one. Well, I think uh, the second one let you play like Gold and Silver on there as well. But I remember when we were playing it, I was playing at the college uh, that Jeremy and I went to, and I was like just showing. You know, we were doing like because they had all these really cool like mini games in there in in the Pokemon Stadium games, and I was like, I remember I was like, oh, you can play a game on here, and I remember one of my friends just like put it on there and like started at the beginning. I was like, you can do it through there, but. But don't do it. It's going to take like hours. We got to play the other game. You know, it's like I mean, do that on your own time. You know, it's a it's there. But but that's yeah. cool. But yeah, no, they did but, have some really interesting uh, controller pack stuff in there. And there was also I remember my friend Curtis had like that. It was like a third party one, but it was like a, a rumble pack that you could put a controller pack into because you know like you remember you'd have to switch them out like if it was using. Oh yeah. You couldn't use them both at the same time. So he had one where you where you could do both of them at the same time. I think the console design itself is one of their best it's very sleek low form factor mm. um i mean it does look like a product of its time don't get me wrong but it yeah. looks cool like it looks good still i think it's kind of looks like, like a hot the design rod of, and the yeah, controller yeah. is a spaceship yeah <laughs> i mean I, I like the way i like the way the console looks um i mean if you're not playing on the pokemon one which looks like ass but <laughs> if you remember it was Nintendo's the, the last pikachu one that looks really really the stupid. cartridge <laughs> yeah 
I mean, they kind of brought the cartridge back in a different way. I mean, they totally. I mean, they brought it back for the Switch, but yeah, no, this but, was when they were really fighting for it still. And the, they wanted the extra storage you got with the cartridge, or what? No, it was the uh, uh, the da- the data loads quicker. It was the loading. Yeah, it was what they yeah, kept swearing. They learned by. quickly yeah. that that was the wrong decision, but I'm sure they were too far in, into development to like add a. Well, CD I mean. I mean, something like that's as fast as like Star Fox 64, which I can't believe I didn't even mention that. Like, it's definitely the best Star Fox game there is. It's something like Star Fox 64 was not something that you would see on like PlayStation, like something that moved as fast as that. At, at that's time. true. It would so, have been a I lot mean, more. I remember blowing, I, I blew my friends' minds about a couple times on that, showing them Star Fox 64, like the ones that were like PlayStation diehards, you know, just. They're like, oh my god, this is so fast! Like, this is you know, we're mostly we're used to looking at load screens and stuff before it starts, and this just like goes right into it, you know. The sixty-four has its own visual style too, as far as the graphics are. Like, you see somebody trying to imitate that style, and you're like, that's Nintendo sixty-four. Like, mm-hmm. if they if they check a few boxes, you know, the polygonal count, but high frame rate. So it's like low poly but high frame rate, and I think they actually really pushed the colors towards the end of the life of the system, especially with the, the expansion pack expansion Didn't pack. Like some, like yeah. Majora's mass is just a fucking a incredibly colorful, yeah. bright game. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was a, it was a special little system. And and I have to say, I a hundred percent agree with John about uh, innovation of the 64. Um, I mean, this like I had played like 3d games on my PC at the time, like first person shooters, like doom and Wolfenstein and stuff like that. But when I saw Super Mario 64, like that game oh, yeah. blew my mind. Like I yeah. felt like I had entered in this new into this new world that had never existed before. I like, think any right. gamer remembers the first time they played Mario 64. That was a complete paradigm shift. Yeah, it's just a, it's one of the most vivid. For many, standing memories. in line at Blockbuster. That's oh yeah, was. I was at Toys R Us, and I just remember uh, going there to pre-order the system. But to my surprise, they had it there that you could preview it and play it and so i wasn't expecting to see it and i just turned around and then there it is that thing that i've only seen in a magazine because of course it's pre-internet and i've only seen static pictures now there it is it's living and the frame rate is great and the colors are vibrant just like you guys were saying and it's one of my most vivid memories period let alone video game memories it's just when i when i think about it i'm right there back at toys r us 13 years old Mm -hmm waiting in line seeing Mario 64 for the first time. The daydreaming That's the impression. The daydreaming that that game inspired in me too like. Oh yeah. I had that same feeling with other Nintendo systems but just that full 3D like I'd be just sitting there in class, you know, I was in high school at the time, I'd just be sitting there thinking about Mario just flying around or swimming around and just like the full like immersive 3D nature of it and just how good and fun and relaxing it felt like swimming mm-hmm. in the water with the you know, the really low, low key music playing and then how fun it was music. to fly yeah. and and kind of like dive bomb and do all these little maneuvers and stuff and you know playing it now it doesn't control as well as you might have remembered but still at the time it's better than it sunshine is, there is nothing like it there's nothing like it <laughs> i think it part of that excitement was just being on the on the precipice you know yeah. seeing the blueprint laid out by mario 64 and wondering this is the first game on the system and this is like blowing my making everybody's him minds like making so him tiptoe by go? barely touching the, yeah, the joystick yeah. that was really cool too that yeah, was really like, cool yeah um it's, it's just hard to explain if to, to any gamers who were were not around yet the shock of of that 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 paradigm shift mm-hmm. uh, there's no other comparable situation besides i think maybe 
virtual reality, the advent of virtual reality is a similar kind of seismic shift. I think so, so if you think about like the first time you ever try for anyone who wasn't there, try VR for the first time. And that's the only real comparable thing in my mind that video games have experienced in the 26 years since then, 64. I would say maybe I'll add the plastic controllers were pretty cool in their heyday, like for interaction and then and subsequently like motion controls and stuff. But we can get into we can get into all of that later. Well, we we will we will get there yeah. eventually. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, the I, I mean the sixty four, the way it blew my mind has I, there really has not been a video game that has like blown my mind as much as Super Mario sixty four did. Like really, you know, I, I got it for Christmas. Thankfully, a friend of mine, uh, you met him, like one of my best friends. He was in the wedding. Uh, Caleb worked at Kmart, mm-hmm. so he actually helped my mom get me the sixty four because he worked there and he was able to put one aside. Back when you could actually do that, you can't do that anymore. Apparently, from what mm-hmm. I've heard from people who work at Best Buy, who couldn't even get Amiibos for themselves and all that, they had to wait in line with everybody else. But uh, but yeah, he put it aside for me and helped me get it and all that. And I remember getting it for Christmas, and all I I just wanted all I wanted to do was just run around in the game. And I booted up the game when I got it and I showed it to my stepbrothers. And they were just like running around in circles and they just like their minds were just blown blown by it. And they just did like the the like the the long jump, like the mm-hmm. woohoo, and they were like, Oh my god, this is so cool. And I remember they, they they would always have to we'd always share them between like our house and their and their mother their mother's house mm-hmm. and all that. And like before they go before they left, they were like, just let me do that long jump like one more time. And they just like oh. took it and they're just like, Yeah, this game is awesome. You know, it was just like it just blew up. Like everybody who saw it was like, Holy shit, like this is amazing. And that was the game that I've and I've mentioned, you know, I've done like speed runs on it on Twitch and all that. And yeah, Super Mario 64, I just played that game to death. I've probably played that game. That's probably the game I've beat more than any other game. Like every time I got home from school, I'd go back and do the do the penguin race and like go through all the bosses. And like I would just do like levels, uh, just like do the stars over and over and over again because they were so much fun. And I did a lot of the swimming levels because I liked the way it looked and I liked the peaceful music and I liked how it was all like how like clear it looked when you're in the underwater levels and i played the shit out of that game like yeah i really like um i don't know if i put it on youtube or not i don't think i did i should have but i played through mario 64 most recently on um the mario 3d all-stars collection and trey actually like i i I tried to help you on the stream i did it on twitch (laughs) and he helped me get like a shit ton of stars and i had never actually beaten the game as far as i could remember at least at that point so Trey actually helped me like get through it with just I don't know he was basically like a game counselor it was great yeah I tried to show you where to go to different well I, I know a lot of the easier stars too like that's why when I say speed run I just get to like sixty stars wherever many you need to get to right. Bowser but but I was I, I was like I've played this enough times I think I can do it in a couple hours and I got it down to where I could do it in like three hours I think I could do it in two I need to drink wow. less water like last time I, I would have to wow, take pee breaks sound or whatever like a good idea. But I think I could. I think I could do it. But you know, it's it's just a game I just played so much. It's uh, it's a wonderful game. I love the sixty four. And I, oh, what I was gonna say is a kind of weird thing about the sixty four is when it when it was out, I kind of felt like Nintendo had kind of betrayed me because you know, like Final Fantasy was not on Nintendo anymore. Street Fighter was not on Nintendo anymore. Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest was not on Nintendo anymore. So I kind of hated the sixty four at the time. But it's kind of like the opposite, where I kind of hated it, and I went away from it. But then when I came back to it, I realized how much I loved it. So now it's kind of become... I put it higher than I would have before. And honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with our friend uh, from Nintendo 64 today, 
uh, reading his stuff and having him on our show and all that. Like, oh, I Martin. Think, I think Martin actually helped me yeah, remember Martin. how much I love the 64 and how much, and I played it. I played the shit out of it. You know, I made, you know, as far as like, and, and I, and, and for the longest time, I thought it was a lot less popular than it actual, actually was. And then when I went to college and talked to other people who had 64s, I realized that because I had a lot of friends who were like PlayStation stands and just gave me shit because it didn't have Final Fantasy VII on it or whatever. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I like, kind of fell off of it or I was angry for how only having the 64s what to play on, but I've come back to it and I've loved it even more now, you know, especially with it being on Nintendo Switch. And I lo- absolutely love my uh, wireless controller as well for, for Nintendo Switch Online. I can't wait oh, to play yeah, Pilot Wings with that great. thing and GoldenEye. It'll be great. So where does it rank for everybody? So I have it at number four for me, just okay. just below the GameCube, which is higher than I would than I would think. But I, I'm good with that. I like it being there. I'm gonna say a couple things, uh, just really briefly. I didn't get to have the N64 until probably my junior senior year of high school. I got to play it at my friend's house, but since I didn't own it, I was kind of like just following it, uh, parasocially or whatever you'd call it, where I was just reading magazines about it stuff, and then. I had a friend at school that would tell me about games, but I didn't get to play it. Um, it was a honestly that the year the 64 came out without getting too much into it was just a really rough year for my family. And um, I remember just hearing about the 64, like kind of bringing me comfort. I didn't really get to play it, but just thinking about it, like it was just a really rough year. I, I, that's all I really need to say. But um, that being said, I didn't get to have the console until eventually when my dad traded a movie poster for it. And uh, he was thinking about selling it, but he saw how much we loved it. He let us keep it. So we had it finally like, yeah, I think it was maybe the summer before my senior year. It might even have been that late that I got it. But uh, because of that, because I didn't get into it until later, I it's going to unfortunately be a little further down. It's number eight. It's number eight for me as well. Okay. Everybody's going to have your number eight too. Yep. So that's yep. six, right? Six for right. both of you. Okay. I, like I said, uh, I mean, our, you know, I'm gonna have some in here that might upset some people. I don't know, but we're we're all gonna have we're all gonna have different lists. You know, it's fine. We all like our own. I, and don't get me wrong, I like all the Nintendo stuff. I think they're all great. I'm not saying that one's bad if it's lower than the others. I'm just saying that if I was only allowed us, if I was only allowed like certain ones to take with me, these were the ones I would take with me. The ones. Let that me I be clear. I own every system most. on this list, so that is a thing worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. So that's uh the sixty four is coming in with twenty two points. That's uh below the GameCube. So there you go. Makes sense. Hey, hey you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! Whoa! 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 He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! 
Patreon.com slash Nintendo Made Podcast. Game over. <laughs>